When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor of Fightful.com here. August 21st edition of the Fightful Wrestling Podcast. We got WWE Raw to talk about. If you guys missed our shows this weekend, we covered uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 on Saturday. We covered WWE SummerSlam last night. I want to thank all of you who joined in and supported us and all that good stuff. Nearly three hours worth of shows. And you guys uh, helped get get us through that. It what felt like a fraction of that. But now we have Monday Night Raw to talk about. No NXT call-ups as of yet. I get the feeling that uh, that will change very soon. But Raw did pick up a big acquisition. Here to talk about that with me, associate editor of Fightful.com, Alex Pawlowski. Alex, it's night three of three for you. Yes. It's night three or four for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to not be involved with whatever the hell's going on tomorrow night. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the, the worst kept secrets in WWE that John Cena was switching brands. So uh, it's fun, but it, I, wish, I wish they hadn't given it away by advertising him on all Raw shows after SummerSlam. Yeah, we all we all saw it was coming. Now, before we get into that, Oscar's injured. Seems like a broken yep. collarbone. Out maybe they say six to eight weeks, mm-hmm. which puts her back in plenty of time for NXT Takeover Houston. When is so, that? What's the date? Uh, November twentieth. Oh Jesus! So, yeah, yeah. No, for like exactly way way before. So the whole thing is that it depends on what they want to do. Like, do they want to do this thing where we got to strip you of the title? Uh, I think it'd be really cool if she came out in a sling and just kicked the block off of somebody yeah. in, her, in her mandatory title defense. Like, show that she could do it one-handed. Well, yeah, beat like, Billy Kay or Peyton Royce. They, they, can, they can take that. That'd be fun. But uh, they absolutely should not um, end her streak for this if she could be fine by the next takeover because we all know that's really the only thing that matters. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel really bad for it. I, I want to go back and watch that Ember Moon match and see where it might have happened. Um, people, are, people, people are assuming it happened during the Eclipse. Uh, not the Eclipse today. The Eclipse, the move, the Eclipse. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I saw it then. Um, but uh, but she, she took something that gave her a broken collarbone and she finished out the match like 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 Finn Balor did last year in SummerSlam. Was something seriously wrong with her and she knew it. You know, wow. Of course, a couple of, you always see the thing, oh, strip her the title. No, don't do that. There's plenty of time. NXT, I mean, good God, you go a month sometimes without seeing people wrestle there all the time. Uh, two months isn't that much of a stretch. But that's what we got. Now, I'm going to be peppering in some information that I got in regards to uh, SummerSlam weekend and some of the happenings there, because I was able to talk to a few people 
about what went down there. I'll get the plugs out of the way. Tune in tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern for the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. I'm going to break down in detail Conor McGregor's chances, Floyd Mayweather's strengths and weaknesses, McGregor's strengths and weaknesses that we can at least see from limited boxing footage. I'm going to analyze everything along with Showdown Joe. He talked to uh, Jose Shorty Torres, Titan FC champion. He talked to Elias Theodoru. Uh, we, we've got this covered from all angles. And, of course, the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor post show this weekend. Myself, Joe, Carlos Toro. It's going to be wild. Make sure you all tune in uh, to that. Come join us in the live discussion this weekend. Very big weekend here at Fightful.com. And, of course, check out our post SmackDown and the list in your boy Wednesday at 3 p.m. But I'm going to do some of my best work tomorrow on this Mayweather-McGregor thing because really there's not a lot that we can break down because we've not seen much of McGregor, boxing at least. So tune in and check that out. But Monday Night Raw, we had an opening segment. Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar get great ovations. And Alex, it seemed like Brock was really eating it up. Brock loves being a baby face. <laughs> he loves when the people cheer for him. He, but I mean, he's he's soaking it up. It was great. Uh, I, I I like it too. Uh, this was a very pro Brock crowd. You get a lot of people, at least you know, on Twitter and you know, the internet warriors who love talking about oh, it. Sucks. He's never there. He's a part time champ. And then you know, you would assume there would be some of those people in the audience tonight, but they were drowned out by people who love some them some Suplex City. Oh, yeah. When bronze music hits, initially, Lesnar looked like he would rather be anywhere else in the world, and I like that. Yeah. He was like, he's like, of all four of them, this one, this is the one. But then when Braun gets in the ring, he's all about it, and I like that. Neither one should be afraid of each other. Braun beats the brakes off of Brock, and somehow, (laughs) ah, somehow Braun busts himself open hard way. At the ear by power slamming Brock Lesnar. Well, he busted. He probably busted open whatever was scabbed over from yesterday because he busted himself open yesterday. I think Reigns hit him in the ear with the steps, and so he was bloody yesterday. Um, and so probably the same thing just got cut back open. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's the greatest. He's wonderful, and I love him so much. Um, and I, I'm I'm frankly shocked that they just jumped from a fatal four-way to the other two di- guys are doing something else and we're gonna do this i'm shocked i'm pleasantly shocked but i'm shocked and I, i'm i'm really really looking forward to this build yeah that ear felt the bust but later on we get uh, and one of the things i noticed you can tell how much brock thinks of somebody based on how much he sells for them yes yes <laughs> And I had that report where he was very happy with, with Samoa Joe after the Great Balls of Fire match. Now, I haven't heard this from anybody, but I get the feeling Brock's pretty happy with Braun Strowman as well. I, I love the idea that he just – he really respects dudes who can pick him up. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I feel like a little kid. This is fun. Let's do more, more. Uh, it just feels really fun, like, to be able to, like, not have to be – this the giant dude who throws people around like it could be a kind of a cool thing for him to be on the other side of that for a change and get to work that side uh, of things in a match so uh 
yeah, I, I don't doubt that he could have a blast with uh, with Braun Strowman. Uh, Braun Strowman in an interview this past weekend, I'm going to do a story for this about this tomorrow, has said that he would love to go hunting with uh, Brock Lesnar. Um, and uh, I just feel really bad for all of the forest creatures because yeah. they're all going to die. <laughs> oh. Might be a good time for you to repost that article that I assigned to you last year about the man outboxing the bear. That's true. Because that's that's yeah. the kind of situation we're going to get there. Yeah, yeah, just bare hands. That may have been the first off the tracks with A-Train article you did. It might have been. It wasn't called that, but it certainly wasn't no. the spirit. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, hey, Alex, we're really bare. No, no pun intended. No pun intended. We're really bare on boxing content right now, yeah. and I didn't have an associate editor or a full-time <laughs> MMA writer or a nope. lead boxing writer, so I was like, how about you write this story about a man <laughs> fighting a bear? <laughs> and it worked. Well, I love my favorite part of the whole thing still remains that he's like, most bears are right-handed. Like, the <laughs> dude had the bear scouted, so he knew he had to switch up his stance. Oh, I love it. We got we to gotta repost that sometime soon. Almost as good as the article that I assigned you, which was basically you reviewing Kelly Kelly on Hollywood Medium, where yes. she spoke to Test from Beyond the Grave. That's right. Yeah, that may be your most popular article ever. Actually, it probably is. That was a good one. <laughs> it was fun. You may uh, all this and more on uh, <laughs> on Fightful.com. On, on Fightful.com. <laughs> I will say that our ad uh, Melissa, who who runs the ads for Fightful.com, she said. Hey, if you ever need anything, those off the tracks with A trains perform pretty well. <laughs> so I'm always happy to hear those. So Monday Night Raw. Oh well, they, they're facing off. They're they're booked. No mercy. September 24th. So we have what is that? One, two, three, four, like five weeks. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where I don't I don't want it to be anybody else. I'm happy that it's going to be Braun versus Brock one on one. But it also feels like when they do this, when they when they when they announce the main event of the next pay per view this far out, it's just a holding pattern. Like we we could have we could have waited a week, we could have announced this next week after another segment or something. But it just felt I don't I don't want it to get stagnant before we get to the main attraction um, in L.A. I have a buddy, my best friend, who who lives out in L.A. Uh, I'm I. I I'm going to make him go to the show so I can live vicariously through him. <laughs> yeah, Enzo versus Cass up next. There's a lot to talk about here. Jesus. So, okay, so Enzo comes out, cuts a pretty good promo, I thought. Despite the heat backstage, which I, I'm, gonna, I'm about to go into detail about, he's still over with this crowd. My issue with this is, I'm not sure why you would cut to a commercial after Cass hits a big boot because that move has killed Enzo 72 times before. Right. Why Why are we not just going right into the pinfall? You know, at least pinfall attempt. Do the, do the thing where he, where he pins him, and then after the two can't, he pulls up Enzo and then go to commercial. But that Cass basically hit his finisher on Enzo, and then we're like, all right, coming up next, more of this. And I'm like, why? Isn't it over? Yeah, that's what I thought, too. That's what I thought, too. Enzo took a really nasty choke toss to the outside, too. Did you see that bump? That was gross, man. No, the whole thing was gross. From the very beginning of Enzo asking for the match, it was gross. 
like this whole thing is the, the, the feud was done. It was done weeks ago and they continued it. And I love that Enzo's like, Hey, I bought a shopping cart full of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and then all, all cast does is walk up the ramp slowly. Enzo throws it at him, misses, and then gets it all taken away from him by the much bigger, bigger guy. It's like, uh, that's not how you, the hardcore match works. Enzo. Not, In the middle of the match, Big Cass's knee gives out as he took a tumble over the top rope. He curses repeatedly. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. And he tried to fight through it. And then of all things that it gave out on was an elbow drop. He Well, he was trying to post off the bad knee to get that jump up. Ah. To, he does his, that, that thing. And um, I think they were just trying to go home. They are just trying to get it done. Um, and... You know, he's going to hit that thing. They were going to count the finish, and it was going to be over. But he couldn't get anything off of that bad knee, which is what he always does for that elbow. They weren't even doing it wrong. Like, he was doing it away from the hard cam. Like, the whole thing was just effed after he fell on the outside. And um, as much as I've hated this program, I really feel bad for Cass. Yeah, I do, I do too. And I had weird people that were like, Big Cass needs to like get in better shape, and I'm like, God. And somebody cited Matt Morgan as as I think, and I'm like, man, Matt Morgan is a competitive bodybuilder who's wrestled five matches over the last like three years. It's like he is an exception. He is not the rule. Right, he's seven feet tall. It ain't easy to do cardio. I know there are some exceptions, but some guys are just built a little bit differently. Uh, now the cast injury seems to be legit. I haven't been able to talk to anybody about that yet, but I was able to talk to somebody about Enzo. Enzo has not picked up on what people are laying down. Like Roman Reigns kicking him off the bus. Didn't pay attention to it. It, it. it didn't mean anything. He's got more heat than ever, especially with the boys because he's acting pretentious in public, like big timing fans, like, I heard several stories about him at a club this weekend where he had where he he like wouldn't pose with fans. He would like he would kind of indicate that he needed to not be around fans, but he was out at the club. He knew what was gonna happen. But that's rubbed a lot of guys the wrong way. I've I've heard probably three different stories about that since I think maybe Friday alone. But uh Enzo has a lot of heat on him in regards to that. So that I don't know what happens with Enzo, but the crowd's still reacting to him. But well, well, if if Cass is out, Enzo just won this feud. Yeah. So you know, like he he was number one supposed to win the match, obviously, uh, but he was celebrating. You know, like this. They they just posted a, um, something to their YouTube or whatever of Cass backstage hobbling around in the trainer's room. So it looks really bad. Um. And, you know, it sucks to see to be this guy who's getting his first big push, whether or not we think it's deserved. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? A lot of that's a lot of that's not necessarily on him. Um, some of it is because he's not handling some of this the best way. But but still, like, this is his big break. And to see it on something as stupid as an over-the-top rope bump, you know? Yep. Backstage, Emma is talking trash about Nia Jax to Dana Brooks. So I guess her and Dana are fine now, it, it would appear. <laughs> I guess. Dying. Nia Jack shows up. And she's like, you're going to get your ass kicked real proper. And that's exactly what happened, Alex. Yeah. She got her ass kicked 
real proper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much um, all that happened. It's, uh, well, I, this is just them proving another point. It's just them being dicks to Emma. Um, it's fine if it serves a purpose in the storytelling. Like, but if it's just you, like, shining a spotlight on her and then having her have embarrassingly squashed matches in the ring, but it doesn't actually lead to anything in a storyline, then it's just you being vindictive and petty. And Busy work that's not for night is what it is. That's what, that's what they're well, doing. If, if that's what it is, but that's not the story they're telling. Yeah. They have a specific – if it was just Nia got a squash match on Emma and they didn't focus on Emma, like saying, I deserve a chance, uh, I should get a title shot, all that stuff. Um, they just show her saying, I deserve all these chances that they get. They have her have wrestled Nia and that she gets squashed. That just proves that she doesn't, that she's not good enough. When we know damn well that Emma against Nia in a straight-up match could be fun and good – Emma's yeah. really good, and they don't, they yeah. don't let her get any real offense or even know how to defend herself against Nia Jax. If Sasha Banks can beat Nia Jax, Emma at least stands a chance. So, But no, we're not going to do that. Well, maybe not within the realm of their, their booking. I don't know, but Emma seems like the kind of girl they could have used as at least a mid-level heel. She could... She could have been busy work for somebody at the very least and made it competitive. I, I, they, a, a something like in the NXT, the old BFFs with yeah. Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax and Emma as these three heels who are, who are going after whoever's the top baby face. That could be great. And Emma could be really good in that role. But they're not going to do that. So there's nothing for her to do. Elias Sampson came out. He sang. He got a great ovation. Our truth interrupts him. Another dove cries. Um. So, so Elias is over as a babyface, at least in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, he was over the last time he did one of these things in another city, until he did the you know, your city stinks and all that stuff. Um, they love him. So, I don't know. Do you turn to the skid? And let him be like ironically over as a baby face, even though he's doing heelish stuff. Or do you continue to force this guy to be like the bad guy, even though he's beating up our truth who nobody has cared about for years? Like our truth is wearing work jeans tonight. Um, work jeans as opposed to shoot jeans. Well, he's, yeah, but I mean, because he needed those for the minute and a half he was in the match. Mm-hmm. Elias had a great sell of an R Truth kick, by yes. the way. That was that was my only note for the match. I like Maybe I like things- his his neck breaker's fun. It's, it is. It's, it's fast and vicious, good. Uh but you know, I don't know what th- he's getting over is this, you know, comedy guy. And I said this last night on the on the on the podcast. He can also go in the ring. So do you give him actual matches or let him just squash guys because I don't know if that's helping him get over considering he's already over as this musical act. So you know, we'll see. He lost yet? Gosh, did he lose a match to Finn Balor in that little feud they had? He might have. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he did. He did. He lost to Finn Balor in July at some point. Yeah. 
Other than that, he's not lost on TV since El Vagabundo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but the, the other thing that's kind of funny is that they've they've come out and they've they've done the thing where he's no longer the drifter. Mm-hmm. He's no longer Elias Sampson. He's Elias. And his first two lines, every time he comes out, is says, hello, I'm Elias. And I got a question for you. Who wants to walk with Elias? And it's just too redundant. Yeah. Oh, like they need to give, they need to give him back the drifter nickname or something. Because just Elias, Elias just is just too much. The drifter works. I like the drifter. Yeah. Enjoying Elias so far. Yeah. I'm interested to see where they take him from here. So John Cena comes out. Uh, he's introduced by Kurt Angle. Now, there's something I wanted to, to mention in regards to last night. I was told that that was absolutely John Cena sending a message all along. Like, he was not not just physically showing with, like, his subtleties that I mentioned about the, the hat, but he was, you know, was saying things to Corbin like, they're not even reacting to you in the ring saying that stuff to him. So that was a clear message sent from John Cena in the WWE to Baron Corbin. So, did you see uh, Corbin's thing that he did today? <laughs> it was it was like there was one thing he tweeted out was kind of like a, like a positive thing, like everyone can keep hating me. I'm going to keep doing whatever you know. You keep following me and tweeting what I, and retweeting what I do. But then the other thing was he he was like here at tonight at the at the house show buy my shirt, and yeah. somebody somebody tweeted at him, can I buy it and bury it? And then, then he, he says, you know, I, I, I was going to block you, but then I saw what you said in your, in your header on your Twitter page, and I agree with you. And he gives a little fist emoji. And the guy had, like, this the rainbow hashtag yeah. love is love or whatever. And he's like, now, you, now you've just made me a new fan. I'm a fan of Baron Corbin. He reversed like, Baron Corbin, him. He totally reversed his, like, he's no longer blocking all the losers. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's very much uh, pro the gay community. See but... the, the thing, the gay community. Anyway, yeah, exactly. The, so, like, here's what I've heard about Baron Corbin. It's not a backstage issue. Like, he gets along with everybody backstage. It's on yeah. social media, and yeah. several of the guys found out that he had them blocked or muted, and it wasn't as much them caring as some of the other, like some of the higher ups and maybe some of the agents. And that's, that's what I heard. I don't know. I heard that from one person. Usually I like to get that verified by at least two, right. but that's something that I heard. And usually most of the wrestlers, they wouldn't give a damn, but right. if you're maybe if you're in charge and you see something like that, you're like, what? That doesn't, especially old time guys where everything is a fraternity. So just, just what your boy heard. John Cena's out and yeah, uh, Roman Reigns follows. That, that's what we're getting to. Roman Reigns, John Cena face-off. I tweeted that if you would ask me how John Cena would act if he smoked a giant bag of meth, it would be exactly how he's acted over the last, like, 30 hours. Because nothing has been serious to him over the last 30 hours. And to me, when you're facing Baron Corbin and they want you to, to put somebody six feet under, that's fine. But when you're in there with Roman Reigns, that's a problem. When you're in there getting absolutely dominated on the mic by The Miz, that's the problem. When you're in the ring with Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, and The Miz, and WWE's got a damn beach ball problem, that's another problem. John Cena is like, 
he's gotten so far doing that in the past, but I also tweeted this. He's like that girl you see on fail army videos, the one that got hit by a car and then she got up and started dancing again, even though she got hit by a car. Miz hit John Cena with a car tonight and he got up and danced. Did any of this surprise you? Um, one thing I'm going to touch on, because it's, it's a theme throughout the entire night. Angle came out and he says, for the first time on the Monday Not Raw in a year. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Then uh, Cena wanted to face a certain individual on Raw. And that started a whole night of line flubs. And I wanted to say that as a stage actor for 20 years, that is absolutely contagious. When the first person does it and the next person does it, all of a sudden you're overthinking what your next line is and you'll flub it. Um, so people were pointing out those kind of gaffes all night, and that's probably why. Um, Cena was jokey Cena, um, which I don't know if I like that guy more or less than overly patriotic, super up-his-own-ass, sanctimonious guy. You know what I mean? Like, Because he's got all these different – characters of John Cena, John Cena that he plays. The best insult ever given to uh, John Cena in a wrestling ring was Dean Ambrose during their feud last October, where he said, have fun being the guy John Cena plays on TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was as shooty as shooting gets. Because that's that's who this dude is. And the whole thing is, the character that John Cena is, is up to John Cena in the moment, and he could do whatever he wants. Um. It's weird that we talk about this because out it came out today this beautiful video that I guess Cricket Wireless whatever produced of him being confronted kind of by all these people who he had helped and touched throughout their lives and saying thank you to him. It's this beautiful video and you forget that one of the John Cena's is this guy who's granted more make-a-wishes than anybody and is totally beloved by a certain subsect of of the WWE universe. Um, And then he comes out and he's like, everybody, I'm funny guy, John Cena. And it's a different character. Um, Some of the stuff he did with, with the Miz was, uh, was actually legitimately funny. Like I'll show myself out was, was kind of fun. And I liked that it lit a fire under the Miz for the rest of his promo. Like I'm not done talking to you. That was the most bass I've heard in the Miz's voice since he did his promo with Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack, and I liked that. Um, but it, this this whole segment, this was the Miz's segment. Like this, this was the Miz being w- one of, if not the best, guy at just cutting shooty work, shooty promos um, in the home roster, and I, I loved everything he was saying. It all it absolutely rang true to me. Everybody agreed with it. Everybody, well, generally speaking, it seemed like that. And The Miz was like, yeah, I'm not even going to try to heal you guys. Like He he was like, let's go with this because this is how I feel. I thought that promo kicked ass. It was great. Also, um, what was up with Bo Dallas? What do you mean? That goddamn jacket, Alex. He He wore it last night. He, he, he brought out the good shiny gold python print suit jacket. Not the old one that he wears around the house, but the good one he breaks out just for special occasions. Um, 
it's it's just you know what i'm fine with it because he's an absurd individual the character's always been absurd so fine like i don't know what the hell uh uh curtis axel's pants are i mean it was it was a fantastic jacket like if they had a ladder match and hung that up over the ring i'd totally buy it (laughs) i believe it i think he would try to win that jacket back at all costs yeah I thought one of Miz's best lines were was, I want my moment. And John Cena said, all right, you face us tonight. And he said, no, that's your moment. Yep. He said, you wrestling me is your moment. This was the most we've really been able to see Miz stretch his legs in, in a promo since he's come to Raw. Mm-hmm. And that's – he needed that. He needed that because he yep. doesn't have Talking Smack and Daniel Bryan to play off of anymore. He's – He's justifiably upset about um, about not being the Intercontinental Champion, just being this dude who runs a comedy faction. You know what I mean? Like they don't give him any title matches or any program to work. Uh, he he performed last night in front of four people that were all part of the social media team. Like, like, uh, yeah, I, I totally speaking, get. Speaking of, from. speaking of, they were pissed about that. Yeah, the Hardys were pissed. Uh, Jordan was pissed. The Mistarage were pissed. Uh, some in WWE were pissed, but it's their fault for starting it that early. But a lot of it was put on Barclays. Uh, agents were pissed. There were a lot of people pissed about that. Yeah, I would have been too. So that'll only fuel the fire of this promo. And um, I, I, I loved it. I'm gonna after this after we do this thing, I'm gonna go back and watch it again because I'm sure I missed stuff. But sure. I, I I loved it. Um, and I, I, that's why I, all these times I always want to see this. And then I see the Miz later in the night, he has the match. He does the same Miz crap where he's cowardly and rolls out of the ring. I just wanted to one time, just like get slapped in the face during a match and go, Oh, it's on. And just like really, really go for the rest of the match. Even if he loses, but I wanted to really, really go like the, his, his Daniel Bryan kicks. And he, then he runs off the ropes and he misses that one. Can he hit it just one time so he's not an idiot who always misses that kick? I don't know. Samoa Joe comes out, volunteers his services. The crowd knew what was up. They loved it. Cena and Reigns fight off the heels, and and I say heels, yeah, quote unquote. Quote they unquote get you boots up, chance. Congratulations <laughs> to Tyler, by the way. He won our contest over on the Fightful.com forums which you all can join by registering absolutely free. He won a Ric Flair Defining Moments action figure. We have contests like that all the time on the forums. I think we're pretty much going to just try to keep one going at all times. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So make sure you all check in on that. And of course, visit fightful.com. So I don't have to plug it all the time on the show. Cedric Alexander, Rich Swan, Grand Metalik, and Mustafa Ali defeated Tony Nice, Noam Dar, Drew Gulak, and who else was it? I don't know. Does yeah. it matter? Well, Ari it Divari. didn't for the crowd. Ari Divari. Ari Divari. Yeah, I need and, to and, fill that and, in on my notes. Uh, and the people at home, it didn't matter to them either because all eight dudes got jobber entrances. I, job, what is a jobber entrance you, these you, days? People yeah. went off that shit all the time. I hate that That's term. That's true. Um, well, it was, but the whole thing is that there was no announcement. The match was upcoming. They went to commercial. They came back from commercial, and there's eight little guys in the ring. And they wonder why the cruiserweights can't get over. Like, there's no, there's nothing to it. I mean, the match was fun. Grandma Malik's doing, like, rope walk Isai moonsaults. And, and, and yeah. Cedric Alexander has one of the coolest looking finishers in the game today. And... Well, he did it. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. But again, it's, I feel like the, the Cruiserweight division is Neville and whoever Neville is feuding with, and then a bunch of other guys who nobody cares about. Um, I wish there was just something they could do to make other people important at all in that division. Seems like an uphill climb. Uh, the, the irony is that these eight wrestled in front of about – Ten times as many people as Neville and Tazawa did last night. Yep. My only notes are Noam Dar wouldn't tag himself in. And there was a wave, and I wish Cesaro would have ran out and punched everybody in the face to bust the wave, but he didn't do it. This I thought was decent, fun stuff, but nobody cared in the crowd. Gulak took a nasty spill outside. Metal Leak hit that moonsault you talked about. There was a beauty. Cedric hits the lumbar check and wins it. Yeah, Metal League landed that moonsault on his feet and then dropped both knees and celebrated to the crowd who was like, hey! Yeah, so um, it was... I, I want to see Cedric specifically get a shot at Neville. My, my idea of Neville defending the, the Cruiserweight title every week on 205 Live against a different guy every week for 15 minutes that would get people to tune in. Yeah. Word of mouth would spread. GIFs would go around Twitter. People would start tuning in. But, you know, do something, because what they're doing right now isn't helping anybody. Speaking of Neville, he got challenged by Tazawa. That's happening on 205 Live. Uh, that was very much a spur the – I don't want to say spur the moment decision. It, Vince McMahon decided it, like, I think a day or two before – that he wanted to do that. And 
it was questioned by many, by several. I don't want to say many. It was questioned by several. Like, you really want to do this? Yeah, I do. Why? I don't know. It's the type of thing from what I heard. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose come out to the ring. Great actions or great reactions all around for them. They are joined by the Hardy Boys who want a match, and they got a match. It was a fun match. Seth Rollins took a gross bump on this, like, double suplex that they replayed in, like, <laughs> his, like, upper thigh hit, then his ass hit, then his hips hit, then his lower back, upper back, neck head. Like, it was the worst possible way that he could have hit. It was bad. Okay. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus were shown watching. I got to say, man, Dean Ambrose has improved substantially of late. This has lit a fire underneath him. And I see it because it wasn't hard to tell. He was, to me, he was falling in that category that I throw a lot of guys in the, the Orton, Gender, Mike Canellis, those guys who wrestle the same all the time. That Dean Ambrose was in that club too. Yeah, that hasn't happened lately, Alex. No, no, this is this is definitely something that you can tell he cares about. Uh, he didn't give a shit when he was wrestling the Miz for a, a thousand months in a row. Like he didn't care. Uh, and a lot of that's on him, but a lot of that's just like him being stagnant as a character and them not really doing anything with him progressing toward anything. This is something for him to do. Um, and I don't know, uh, if, uh, character, uh, if, if real life Dean Ambrose has ever had problems with real life Seth Rollins, but these two dudes work really, really well together in the ring. So uh, maybe the characters are the only ones who, who uh, haven't been um, uh, palling around this whole time um, because they're really, really great together. Um, as much as I don't necessarily like the, the, the V-trigger finisher for, um, for Rollins, him doing it directly into Dean Ambrose hitting the, double, the Dirty Deeds is fun as a finisher. The match was, was great. It was kind of cool, but you watch it and you go – you watch certain things like Matt Hardy get to his feet without bending his knees, really, and you go, uh, I don't know what the shelf life is on these guys. Jeff, Jeff Hardy doing that whisper in the wind. Just landing right on his back. Well, that and that that climb. Go back and watch that climb, oh, guys. Climb it was, was slow. slow. No, it was not good. Um, my, my only other like complaint about this match was I think they should probably avoid the face close-ups when guys are in a chin lock calling – Call yeah. it a match. Yep. There was a uh, – also I tweeted that Matt Hardy is keeping the running bulldog alive, and I appreciate it. But what I appreciated more was the heart attack sling blade that Ambrose yeah. and Rollins did. That was a cool twist on that move Yeah, that I, I really liked. Then they followed it up with a double suicide dive. Anytime somebody s- scouts the rebound lariat, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Ambrose and Rollins close out the match with a win, and I thought this was a good match. This was a lot of fun. This is the kind of thing you can do uh, that you should be doing on the Raw after SummerSlam where the crowd's going to be into it. You don't have to worry about uh, traditional heel and face alignments and building towards some kind of feud. This is These are two supremely over babyface teams. It's a dream match between the Hardy Boys and two-thirds of the Shield. Like, just think about the concept of that a year ago. Just uh, Somebody tells you, oh, you know, in a year we're going to see Ambrose and Rollins back together who will have the tag belts against the Hardy Boys. 
Like that's ridiculous to even have thought about at the time. And we yeah. got it tonight. And I feel like a lot of people, I don't know. It just didn't feel like people were really appreciating it. Um, I was at home. I was like, this is insane that I get to watch this. Um, and I, I, I thought it was as good as it could have possibly been. Um, and I like the idea that it's, you know, Sheamus and Cesaro are just hanging back, seeing who their competition is uh, for tonight. Uh, and they'll obviously probably be back in a storyline uh, next week. Sasha and Alexa, I do not know why Sasha would even mention Boston in this promo. That was dumb. That was weird. I know I'm from Boston. She had a pre-written promo voice on. Well, yeah. I know I'm from Boston. That's like going to heaven and being like, well, I know I'm from hell, but mm-hmm. yeah. why? Um, uh, because because it was a pre-written promo that somebody wrote for her that they thought would be idiots. fun. Yeah, no, of course they're idiots. Of course they are. All the, the time. Alexa Pre- wants a rematch. She gets booed too. They both got booed. Yeah, no. Um, ah, this this crowd. Um, Alexa Bliss got a better reaction than Sasha Banks, maybe because Banks is from Boston. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I I want I want um I want the women on Raw to to be treated with the respect they deserve, and they're not being. By 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 the writers, and um and by by the fans tonight. Um, but I think these two worked so well together last night that I'm totally fine with seeing them uh, wrestle again. Uh, it's interesting to me that they're doing a next week thing and not doing the you know at at no mercy. So maybe we're gonna see Sasha versus Nia at no mercy or maybe to maybe next week's match ends in a schmaz or something and they, they reschedule it for no mercy. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where, where these two go because I do think they work really well together. Yep. Jason Jordan versus Finn Balor. Jordan backstage asked for this match. I can see the seeds being planted for something here, mm-hmm. a new ripple to the character. And we saw that a little bit in this match. He started to get a mean streak. He tried to shake Finn Balor's hand. Finn Balor kicked him right in the chest, Charlie Murphy style. And this is the kind of pace I think Balor should keep. It's just kind of funny that a guy like 55, 60 pounds heavier is the one who pushes him to it. This was a good match. Again, I thought like we see that. I want to say that there's that Jordan effortlessly strong thing, but you don't have to be that strong to throw around Finn Balor. No. But this was a nice contrast of styles. Another good match from Finn Balor. A, a good showing. One of the best showings, I think, thus far for Jason Jordan in ring since coming over to Raw. This was all promising. It was promising on all fronts, I thought. Yes. And the crowd would rather throw around a beach ball. Yeah. Uh, it was it was ridiculous. Uh, oh, we'll talk about was, that in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is the seeds being planted for a heel turn. I, I do too. Um, I do too. Uh, if he keeps asking for guys and it keeps coming up short, I think it's kind of fun. Uh, and it would be interesting to see if, as he keeps asking for this stuff and angle keeps grounding it, if angle starts to more vociferously doubt his quote unquote son 
and Jordan starts to resent that. There's a lot of stuff you can do with this. Just having him come out to the terrible music and smile is definitely not what you should be doing. So any kind of wrinkle is appreciated by me tremendously. Well, smiling is what John Cena did. Lots of it. According to uh, WWE Demon Diva on Twitter, before this match, before Miz and Samoa Joe versus Reigns and Cena, Miz cut a promo during the commercial talking about the beach ball. Mm-hmm. That was a mistake. Made things a lot worse. Then they made it even worse by putting it on camera. Yeah. They tweeted that's about like, it. That's like when a streaker runs onto like Great American Ballpark Field. Wiener swinging around as he runs. And Fox Sports just zooming right in on the hog. Here you go. Why? Why? They, tweet, they tweeted about it. They were like, oh, yay, the beach ball's back. Idiots. Yay. Idiots. Listen, um, I don't know. What's, what's contraband? They're having fun, Michael. What's, what's contraband at a WWE show? I've never been. Uh, I'm assuming there's things that they would search a backpack for. And if you had it, they wouldn't let you into the match, into the into the arena. Um, if if one of those things that they find is a beach ball, that must be confiscated immediately at the very least. If not, you say, that's it. You can either come in without the beach ball or we'll send you home. Like, I, I don't understand what this deal is. And the people who are like, oh, they paid for their ticket. They could do whatever they want. Really? Yeah. They do whatever they want. Can they, do, can they do whatever they want? No, they can't do whatever they want. And the thing is, if you paid for your ticket and you would rather punch around a beach ball than watch John Cena and Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe and The Miz, then stay the F home. Yeah, like, I mean, you can... You can do that. Like, you punch, punch a beach ball around your, your, your living room for free or for whatever it costs to buy the beach ball. Way uh, cheaper than a ticket. Yeah. Way cheaper than a ticket. Yeah. I liked the crowd from the SummerSlam pre-show much better than this one. <laughs> All seven of them. All seven of them. Me too. Bo Dallas, let these people witness that jacket firsthand, and this is how they treat him. That's sickening. The match got completely sabotaged by the crowd. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Apparently, John Cena's like feeding them. Like, yay, more beach balls. Ridiculous. He's I'm- up there paying more attention to a beach ball than the guy that just practically bent him over and spanked him on the mic. Yeah, because 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 this version of John Cena doesn't take anything seriously because he knows he's going to get whatever he wants. And I know yesterday I said uh, R.E. Baron Corbin in their match, who the hell loses to one AA? Well, the answer is Baron Corbin and The Miz. Well, John Cena is looking a lot bigger these days, so maybe he's well. It, it took like some of that strength. Two, two didn't put away Shinsuke Nakamura during their match a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, hey, Nakamura. Yeah, I guess, but still, like you know, I don't know. Never been pinned clean, Nakamura in True. WWE. True. About thirty seconds before this finish, I tweeted. Skull crushing finale reversal AA win. That's what mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. Decent match. Right. Unfortunately, the story was the beach ball and John Cena repeatedly acknowledging the wave and all that stuff. Yeah. 
Um, Norm- normally, I give that guy a lot of like slack on situations like that, but man, last night was one thing. Him sabotaging this entire thing along with this crowd who didn't like him. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the 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 real finish of the match, of course, is uh, Samoa Joe getting Cena in the Cocaine Clutch for the first time ever. Because there's the thing, but like we don't. This is not this. This should be a seminal moment. Like it feels like the whole thing was kind of jokey and nothing mattered because Cena said it didn't matter. But you got Samoa Joe in the ring with John Cena for the first time ever. Yes, because Cena's been on SmackDown the entire time that Joe's been on Raw. That's it for the first time ever. And I wasn't concerned with that until now. Because I was too busy going, John Cena, what the hell are you doing, man? Take something seriously. I didn't realize that the the guy who carried TNA for years was in the ring for the first time with the guy who carried WWE during the same time period. And everyone was like, man, wouldn't it be great to see Cena versus Samoa Joe? And we finally got to see something like that tonight, and nobody cared because John Cena didn't care. So that's great, I guess. But we get to see... They have teamed together before. They teamed together right after the Shield broke up. Uh, um, they they had matches with Kane and Randy Orton, and okay, and then they had a Fatal Four Way at Battleground like 2014 that they were both in. That was, but I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about Samoa Joe. Oh, Samoa Joe, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. like tomorrow, like yeah. I mean, like that's that was the thing I was thinking of. But 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 Samoa Joe puts him in the cocaine clutch. Roman Reigns is going to punch Samoa Joe and accidentally punches uh, John Cena, uh, who then take who then who then gets out of a scorching finale, as you said. But I love at the end, you actually get to see a close up of of Roman Reigns, who doesn't give an f. Roman Reigns say to John Cena, "My bad," because that fits his character. Like he should be like, "No, I don't care. I don't care what." I-. Like he he was. Totally with you anyway. Yeah, exactly. Just the idea that, that Roman Reigns looking at John Cena felt in the moment, I should probably apologize to him, is is indicative of who John Cena is and has been and probably always will be in this business. Yeah. All I can say is that I really hope that Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan absolutely fleeced Raw with a sign and trade or something like that. But no, John Cena is the free agent. Right. One thing that I mentioned, uh, I forgot to fail to mention on this podcast. I wish they would get rid of the rematch clause, except under extreme circumstances. Like the thing is, if Oscar loses her titles per se, mm-hmm. they're going to have to give her a rematch, and she'll probably have to lose again. I, That's I a- would, I would love a kayfabe power rankings. They yeah. have them. They when and if they if they have them they should use them. Mm-hmm. If you if you have the titles and you use your title match the next night on Raw or SmackDown, you're number two now in the rankings, and you fight number three, and the winner of that match gets the title match. You could get right back in it, but you've got to actually earn it in some way. You know what I mean? But I mean, then then you're you're still if you, they don't want to do that, you're still handcuffing them into a loss either way. That's I just true. think it should, the UFC method works fine if you hold that title forever. And you want a rematch? You're gonna get a rematch, right? Which is fine, but depend that they could decide at any moment what forever is constituted by. You know, they could just decide arbitrarily: this guy gets a rematch and this guy doesn't. 
uh, because they write it. And that would kind of suck for the for for certain people. But uh, I would just love to see, you know, maybe it's a battle royal every time or something to, to get to get somebody uh, a title shot um, again for the next time, as opposed to you just lost. Now you get another one. And if you win that, the person you just beat who beat you before, they get a title shot. And then it's in perpetuity forever. We'll get to some questions. Bill Blast says, was Cena shooting on Miz during that promo? Uh, no, but I think Miz was shooting on Cena during that promo because yeah. I think that the the way that Cena acts sometimes does wear on the Miz. I'm sure it does because yeah. he's experienced that for quite a long time. Yeah. Will we see Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar uh, before next WrestleMania? No, I don't think so. And it all depends on if Brock resigns. Yeah, um, I did like uh, Finn Balor's comments uh, that he gave in an interview. We, I think we ran that story. That he's, I'm not scared of him, uh, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it'd be cool. I, I don't I don't know how you book a match between a, a dude who Brock could probably swallow in one bite uh, and Brock. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how you do that, but I'd be interested to see. Uh, I just don't think we're going to get it. Somebody asked when Rude shows up, I would say whenever they announce the superstar shakeup is yeah. when that happens. How many weeks before Cena buries Joe? Okay, well, let me let me explain this. John Cena doesn't book the show. He doesn't decide who wins or loses. There have been a couple of situations. The Nexus, the most egregious, which he has, he went on record this weekend saying, I was wrong. The Baron Corbin thing, I get the feeling without complete confirmation he was told to do that. Whether he was told to do that or not, he meant to do that. Mm-hmm. He did. Now, that may be him as a guy, a leader of the locker room, saying, get your shit straight. Mm-hmm. Or it could have been a message conveyed to him from somebody else saying, get his shit straight for him. But he doesn't, he doesn't uh, book the show. Yeah. What he's, what he's said is that I don't decide what happens. I do have a say in how it happens. And that's the part where people got really upset with him uh, in that Nexus match where he was outnumbered in that elimination tag and then he came back from nothing to beat everybody. Um, that was apparently his call, and that's what everybody was really upset about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. But I don't think Samoa Joe is in danger of having that happen to him because he's so established and already has been main eventing stuff. You got to remember the guys that he's that he's "quote unquote" buried are guys who weren't yet at the tip top. Mm-hmm. They were they were they were upper mid card heels. You know, uh, uh, Rusev and 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 Corbin to a lesser extent, Wyatt. Those guys that were kind of "quote unquote" buried by him. Uh, they they weren't wrestling for Brock Lesnar for the Universal Title two months prior. I just want to ask where where did all this newfound concern for Baron Corbin's character come from i mean the guy wasn't delivering in the ring he certainly as hell wasn't delivering on the mic physically as far as height goes that's what they're looking for but nothing else like there were there were there was nobody that was like man he is the guy he is the next guy we all knew that wwe wanted him to be the guy and it's funny because had they rendered him the guy nobody everybody would have been pissed. i don't want to say everybody i don't like to generalize the reaction would have been like oh he's pissed but now it's like, well, they wasted the whole thing. They didn't really waste the whole thing. Baron Corbin wasn't going to be the guy. He was no longer right. going to be that. 
So, I mean, why not make the situation a little bit less predictable? They still have another money in the bank holder in Carmelo. They can still run that. They had two heels running that same deal on SmackDown. Yeah. Got a little old. There's there's uh there's something to be done that allows him to remain an upper mid card heel. If he's not ready to be the champ, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But but what you've what in my opinion what you've done to him is bust him so far down the card in terms of believability as anything um you know that that could win a match that he's basically what Jinder was before Jinder was tapped to be WWE champion. He's he's just a guy. To me, normally losing the WWE champion and John Cena, not a big deal. But when you lose the WWE champion, when it's Jinder Mahal in record time, and then you lose the John Cena throwing on a JBL cowboy hat, it's very obvious. Yeah. Personally, the thing I like most about Corbin is his Twitter game and his finish. That's it. That's really it. I, 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 he did a lot of stuff on main event when I was covering it. Unfortunately, they put him on there. He's got a lot of innovative stuff that they don't let him use in his matches. He was able to, to work some cool stuff. He was doing, he did a series against Sin Cara for a while. I'm sure it was where, great. Where he was headbutting him out of the air as he was doing uh, his springboard cross bodies. I'm like, sure, I'm sure like with style clashes like that, I'm sure he was phenomenal. Yeah, but they're not letting him work in in that kind of a in a white way anymore, and so maybe it's you know a lost cause. Somebody asked if SmackDown is watchable tomorrow. I'm gonna say usually I'm very optimistic. I'm gonna say no. They Rusev is a non-factor. Baron Corbin is a non-factor. Your WWE champion is a guy who should be a non-factor. John Cena is not there. You've not had. You've got guys like Zayn, Jordan, or Zayn. Dillinger and Gable, who can't get on the show. Not to not to mention Luke Harper, who hasn't been seen or heard Luke from in months. Harper and Rowan can't get on the show. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where it goes. You've had the same finish and the same promo from a guy on it's uh Ziggler's new new gimmick apparently is dude who's on commercials but not wrestling. Uh, so yeah, no, they have, they have nothing right now. Um, the only thing that I think tomorrow would be worth tuning in for is, uh, whatever they do with Owens and Shane McMahon, cause that could be a lot of fun. Um, but, or maybe the new day and the Usos do something because that was by far the best thing from the, from the SmackDown side of it yesterday, but certainly nothing at the top of the card. I mean, uh, woof, woof. The legend Charles asked me to address the buy a ticket, get free rain thing. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I don't think just because you buy a ticket, you get to be an asshole. I, I don't think that's the case. I mean, you can boo who you want. You can cheer who you want. If you start I think- cursing out loud in front of children and stuff, you're probably getting kicked out. If you bring a beach ball – and they find out that you brought the beach ball, you should be kicked out. That's that's just – and Road Dog just tweeted, it's disrespect at its core, not just to Finn Balor, but to all the talent. I agree. And, you know, it's it's not against the rules to chant what or CM Punk. It just makes you an asshole. Right. That's all it does. It makes you an absolute douchebag. That's it. Are you allowed to do it? Sure. But 
we're also allowed to point out the fact that you are a complete and utter douche for doing it. Right. Yeah, the thing about it is that um, a lot of it is that I wish I could put, put all the blame on the dude who sneaks in the beach ball. But if he sneaks it in and he blows it up and he knocks it up into the crowd and nobody bats it around because they've all decided amongst themselves this guy is an a-hole mm-hmm. and they quiver, gets it the first time, pops it. But no, the entire crowd says, yay, let's all be assholes. It's the same mentality that allows all of them to band together to boo some sweet old lady who's singing the Indian National Anthem. Because, because our, our, our worst demons get the better of us, apparently, at wrestling as, shows. As somebody tweeted us, just tweeted me, and tweeted Road Dog, said, might want to have a word with your bosses since they encourage it with uh, Cole's commentary and the type of WWE 24 post mania special they do and that is absolutely true yeah that is true they when wwe tries to get in on the joke it makes it so much worse oh, god there's there's a lot of stuff that they actually do that kind of ruins everything like when they when they found out about smacking talk before they uh before they canceled it they did the thing like hey isn't this cool everybody like uh, is chad gable really daniel bryan's son let's talk about it and I'm like no you just ruined it and then they literally ruined it by canceling it, by making sure that those guys could never do that again. Um, they do that a lot, and it's not – It's I don't like it. Guys, don't forget to tune in to the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. Tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern. Those numbers have been very good lately. Uh, the August 8th show, our most downloaded audio show ever. That makes me incredibly happy. I am going to break down – the Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor fight, unlike anywhere else. I'm very excited for that. Get to stretch my legs a little bit into boxing. I'm pretty sure Carlos is going to have a podcast this week as well. Also, for our Spanish-language-speaking fans, uh, Carlos is going to do a bit of an, a weekly update, or a, a, yeah, a weekly update this week for the Mayweather-McGregor thing. I thought that would be a good thing to have him do. Reach out to a few people who – you know, maybe English isn't their first language. They they want to get caught up on everything before this fight because boxing uh, absolutely transcends language. Wednesday, the list and your boy at 3 p.m. Eastern. Myself, Jimmy Van. That's going to be a fun show. It always is. How many shows do you get to see an eccentric billionaire and the guy he picked to run his wrestling website? That's oh, it. He's a billionaire now. He's billionaire. Did I say billionaire? He's a billionaire. Okay, is- millionaire. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, it's 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 wrestling. We gotta we gotta he's play a, it up. He's a billionaire. I think we all should deserve a raise. <laughs> Indeed. Also, our post SmackDown show, and of course, the post Mayweather McGregor show. Follow Alex at Palowski the Fourth. Follow me at Sean Rossap. Follow us at Fightful Online cross platform. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Until next time, guys, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.